Welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Anne Louise Gittleman is a New York Times bestselling author of over 37 books on diet, detox, the environment, and women's health. For more than four decades, Anne Louise has been regarded as a leading voice and visionary in nutrition and who has fearlessly stood on the front lines of holistic and integrative medicine. For more information, check out annlouise.com. That's A-N-N-L-O-U-I-S-E.com. And here's your host, Anne Louise Gittleman. Hey everyone, Ann Louise Gittleman here for First Lady of Nutrition. Welcome to First Lady of Nutrition, and I'd like to also welcome my guest, Dr. Isabella Wentz. We are sponsored by Unikey Health Systems, the company that has a supplement for every season and every reason, whether it's weight loss, internal cleansing, healthy aging, or targeted health support. UnikeyHealthSystem.com is the place to go. That's UnikeyHealth.com. And now on to my guest, Dr. Isabella Wentz wrote a game-changing book called The Hashimoto's Protocol, and she has just released The Adrenal Transformation Protocol. So welcome, Dr. Isabella. Isabella. So Dr. Isabella, you wrote a new book on the adrenals. Why are the adrenals so important in this day and age? Is this a post-COVID adrenal book or is this something different? It could be a post-COVID adrenal book because who didn't have stress during the last few years, right? With a, with a pandemic, even I feel like the most balanced people, uh, could use some of the strategies that I talk about in resetting our stress response and going from that survival mode into a thriving mode. But I've also been talking about adrenals for the last 10 years in regard to people with chronic illness like Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism. So adrenals are important because, explain to my audience why adrenals are so important. They're our energy system, the fight and flight glands. And how do we make them so tired and worn out? So our adrenals are the key to helping us survive and they help manage, um, they produce stress hormones that help us get through day-to-day -day life. So we need our adrenal glands to secrete cortisol. People hear the word cortisol and they're like, okay, cortisol is bad, but that's not necessarily the case. We need cortisol to live, to survive and having enough cortisol in the morning helps us wake up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed helping having enough cortisol throughout the day helps us manage inflammation and kind of keeps the body in homeostasis. Now, what happens is if cortisol gets too high, that can be a problem. And if cortisol gets too low, that can be an issue as well. We typically will have more cortisol production when we're exposed to stress. And, you know, our body was designed in this brilliant way to, 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 help us, right? To help us survive really stressful situations. Back in the cavewoman days, it was like, you're being chased by a tiger and your body's going to secrete some cortisol. So you could run as fast as you can away from that tiger and you get this burst of energy. And then you survive, you shake it off and you go about on your day and you feel, you go back to normal with having, having just the right balance of cortisol production throughout the day. Um, what happens is with people with chronic stress, um, exposures, which is more of what we see in modern daytimes. Like we might not be being chased by that tiger or that bear on a daily day basis, but we're still getting signals that we are unsafe and that we're, you know, shifting our bodies into survival mode and everyday signals like 
watching the television, right? Or even over-exercising and not eating enough can send messages to our ancient genes that something is off. You know, if you, if you turn on the, the television, you might feel like there's a war going on and it could be like right in your vicinity and there's a big threat to your life, right? And that could, that could shift you into that high cortisol state. And then if you're um, kind of following like a modern, modern standard American diet, then you could be sending messages to your body that like, you're not eating enough calories, you know, you're trying to diet, or you're eating foods that are inflammatory to you, or you're eating stuff that is um, not full of really good nutrients. So you end up nutrient deficient. And that can send a signal to the body that we're in a famine. And what happens over time when we have all of these stress signals that are being sent to the body, the body shifts from everyday, you know, thriving mode, healing itself and keeping everything in balance and repairing tissues to more of that survival mode. And body starts to make adaptations with getting stuck in that survival mode where we'll have um, either too much cortisol, we'll have um, cortisol that's in a wrong pattern. So we might be on a roller coaster throughout the day rather than cortisol starting off high and then going low, like a nice little slide. Um, it might feel like we're on a bit of a roller coaster throughout our day. And then other patterns that might happen is we might be tired in the morning and we might have that wired, but tired energy in the evening where we have a hard time falling asleep. Or if you're like one of the people with chronic illness, autoimmunity, chronic fatigue syndrome, Hashimoto's that I've worked with is they'll have flatlined adrenal cortisol curve where they're just secreting very little amounts of cortisol throughout the day. And these are the people that feel so tired all day long and they're under stress, but their body can't handle like everyday stresses. Everything's just overwhelming to them. So, so it is, it is something that is very prevalent. I feel like in our society and we can, we can definitely talk about symptoms if you'd like. Yes, I am in love with the adrenals. The first supplement that I co-formulated for Uniki Health Systems, it's the company I represent for 30 years, was the adrenal formula because I have been in an adrenal burnout for maybe 30 years after writing 36 books. So I'm well aware of how important it is. And I'm just so glad that you have kind of updated the need for a reawakening about the importance of the adrenals. I found that taking adrenal cortex was important to me, panathenic acid, B6, and even spleen. Are there certain nutrients that are important for the adrenals that we're not getting in this day and age, Dr. Isabella? Oh, that's such a great perspective. And yes, definitely book deadlines can send my adrenals um, in, into Haywire as well. And so I'm always looking for more tools and resources. Um, some of the nutrients that are super helpful in addition to the ones you've mentioned is in general, B vitamins. When we're under a lot of stress, our body burns through them very quickly as well as vitamin C. So these are part of like the two things that I might recommend adding into your routine just to help your body recover from all that stress. And then there's magnesium. So magnesium is another one of these um, nutrients that again, gets burned out through stress. And most of us are not getting it enough of it from our diets. So adding a magnesium supplement into your routine, especially if you're having trouble sleeping, if you're anxious, if you're constipated, um, if you have cramps in your body, like these are, this is like what happens. We tense up, we cramp and we feel anxious and stressed getting on a magnesium supplement or utilizing an Epsom salt bath 
can really help you recover from that stress and shift your body more into that um, safe and thriving mode. And then the other thing that I feel like is very much underappreciated is electrolytes. Electrolytes, you know, they're, they're used by athletes to help with their recovery, but people just going through burnout, utilizing electrolytes can help us with our recovery as well. People with adrenal issues tend to be um, burning through their electrolytes as well. And of course, by electrolytes, I don't mean like Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> so what about the herbal adaptogens? You know, there's a lot of interest these days with ashwagandha and rhodiola. Do you think those are important for people in the adrenals? I think the adaptogens can be a huge game changer for so many people with adrenal issues. I always say to people, when you take adaptogens, the people in your life become less annoying, right? So um, <laughs> so true, so true. Um, you just become more resilient when you get the adaptogens into your system. And so maybe you're not sleeping as well as you'd like to be, or maybe you're under a lot of stress. Taking a little bit of an adaptogen can take the edge off. Um, ashwagandha is one that's really popular, works really well for a lot of people. Um, rhodiola is another one that I really like personally. And both of these can be so incredibly helpful for, for symptoms like anxiety and for even mood, quote unquote, mood issues that people may get misdiagnosed with depression when they're in fact in a burnout state. And even for helping to reset their circadian rhythm so people get more sleep at nighttime instead of um, feeling wired and tired. So important that that's been my life wired and tired. So I'm so enamored of all the things the adrenals do, but there are a, a variety of seemingly unrelated symptoms that are related to adrenal issues. Can you talk about some of those? Yes. Um, I think a lot of times people will have these issues and they'll go to a doctor and sometimes I feel like if they're lucky, they might get a diagnosis, but most people don't get a diagnosis that have the, these, this cluster of symptoms and they'll go on for years, like trying to seek out answers and they may get sent to um, a psychiatrist because they're struggling with anxiety, panic attacks. They have trouble sleeping. They might feel depressed. Um, they might have trouble waking up in the morning. Um, they might have trouble with their brain function. So they'll have brain fog. They might be the kind of people that find themselves addicted to caffeine. Like they kind of need it to get going in the morning. They might be people that find themselves addicted to drinking alcohol in the evenings to help themselves kind of wind down at night. Um, they, they might have issues with their libido, that feeling wired, but tired, constantly being kind of on edge where you're, you're kind of in this like fight or flight mode where something happens and you just overreact and you're irritable. Um, you know, you're having issues with your libido. That's just like not a priority to you because you're in that survival mode. People will say that they have sensitivity to bright lights. They have sensitivity to noises. Um, they might have the salt cravings, what I call, I just ate a whole bag of chips syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and this cluster of symptoms can go on for many, many years and people may get put on sleep meds, antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds. Um, I know personally, when I struggled with uh, that cluster of symptoms, I was offered something like ProVigil, which is a stimulant medication, right? And I was like, I don't know that I'm comfortable taking that. I was in pharmacy school then, 
but um, people are oftentimes misdiagnosed. They may not have a diagnosis and they have like this whole cluster of symptoms, these stress symptoms that are the body's predictable way of adapting to stress, right? So how do you diagnose adrenal issues? Are we talking about a blood test? Are we talking about a urine test? So oftentimes I'll mention adrenal issues and I've had people going to their doctor and saying like, Hey, I think I have adrenal issues and their conventional doctor will run a test for Addison's and they'll say, you don't have Addison's. Right. Um, so it, it's important to note that conventional medicine doesn't necessarily recognize adrenal dysfunction other than Addison's disease, which is like 90% of your adrenal glands are attacked by the immune system. Your body cannot produce cortisol or stress hormones or other required hormones for life. And you do need some, um, usually medications to, to keep you alive and thriving in that state. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the body's adaptation to stress, which is also known as, um, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis dysfunction or HPA axis dysfunction. And this can be tested through integrative tests that are usually considered experimental by like conventional medicine standards. So they're usually not going to be covered on insurance. Most conventional docs won't have access to them, but if you work with the integrative practitioner, then you might be able to access these tests. So um, adrenal saliva tests, as well as the urine tests are two of the tests that I would recommend for that. There's um, ZRT lab has a wonderful adrenal saliva test kit that I would recommend. And then the Dutch test has a great, um, urine test kit I recommend. And now I've always, I've spent the last, you know, 10 years educating people about working with their doctors and, you know, really about the role of adrenal dysfunction in chronic illness, um, with hypothyroidism, hyper Hashimoto's being my focus, but then there's like the barriers of like, I can't find a doctor that will do this test. Um, you know, I can't afford to pay out of pocket to this kind of doctor that I found that will do this test. I can't afford to do this test. Or finally, I've done the test. I've paid out of pocket. I found the extensive doctor, but their recommendations, you know, didn't help me. And so there's this like whole barrier of getting access to proper care. And I'm always trying to think of like how to empower people through my books as you are to take charge of their own health. And so I've gone through and I've developed a checklist for people that they can utilize to really think about, do they have this condition based on their symptoms? And, you know, a lot of the symptoms that we talked about are very much indicative that you have this sort of dysregulated stress response. And then there's very um, predictable ways to shift that back into um, shift your body back into thriving mode. And how do you do that? Is it diet? Is it exercise? Is it sleep? <laughs> a, a little bit of each. So I have, I have um, initially when I started working with people and when I recovered my own adrenals, I really focused on utilizing like, like the hormones, right? So like pregnenolone and DHEA and adrenal glandulars, and that can be very, very helpful and works very well for a lot of people except for some people it doesn't, right? So some women may have issues with DHEA and overconverting it to something that instead of giving us like youthful energy and glow gives us chin hairs and back knee. Um, and then some women are just, you know, maybe converting it to excess estrogen. And some, some women are not comfortable taking hormones in general, 
Whereas with some of the cortex I've had, some people become very sensitive to that, where they find that um, if it's from the whole gland, they'll have palpitations from it, or maybe they'll take too much and then they can um, suppress their pituitary axis. So I'm always like, these things are amazing. They can be so incredibly helpful, but you need to work with a practitioner that can guide you in the proper interpretation of your labs and the proper dosing guidelines for you taking in all of your unique factors. And so um, I, I kind of um, learned that throughout the process of working with various individuals and trying to educate people. And when I um, was a new mom and had an eight month old baby, I found myself because of the sleep deprivation, that is a fast way to, you know, to mess with your adrenals. I found myself um, being like, okay, well, I can't take the hormones and I'm not really comfortable taking all of these things because I need to, you know, I'm nursing my child. And so I need to find other ways to balance my adrenals. So I came up with some unique protocols that really focus on lifestyle, but the lifestyle goes beyond sleeping like as much as you can, which, which is amazing when you can, but not everybody can. Um, and then I also wasn't like, for me personally, and this has been an issue with many of my clients where we talk about adrenals. And I used to say, you need to quit coffee. And they would be like, you know, you, you're not going to take my coffee out of my cold, dead hands. It's like the, the main source of joy in my life. So I created like this, um, this new set of what I call safety signals to really focus on shifting the body into that rest, digest and thrive mode and get it out of the stress response. And it, it, it exactly overdrive. Yes, exactly. So going from that sympathetic overdrive, that fight or flight into more of that parasympathetic healing, rest and digest state. And the amazing thing is that it does work within just three to four weeks, which I feel like I did not get those kind of results when I was working with the hormones. And the amazing thing is like people can do these things on their own. It's always amazing when you go find a healthcare practitioner to help you, but it's always great when you can be empowered with some tools to, to take charge of your health. Hi, my friends. Before I go any further, let me take a moment to, to acknowledge my sponsor, Unikey Health at unikeyhealth.com, which is your universal key to health since 1992. I have been a spokesperson for this company for over 30 years. They're the home of all my weight loss plans, the Fat Blasting Bio Builder, which has been featured in national magazines. They also carry the ultimate brain support and the magnesium multitasker. So whether it's weight loss, internal cleansing, or just targeted health support, go to unikeyhealth.com. Tell them Anne Louise sent you. Tell me about the connection between the thyroid and the adrenals. It's such an interesting connection. And people are like, oh my gosh, you're now like talking about adrenals. Are you going to be like the adrenal pharmacist? Or when did you get interested in the adrenals? And I'm like, well, I've always been talking about the adrenals. Like you can't address thyroid issues without addressing adrenal issues. Um, our hormones don't live in isolation from one another, right? They talk to each other. And whenever a person has a thyroid condition, the adrenals will compensate. If somebody is hypothyroid, then their body is going to keep cortisol on board for a longer time period. And um, a person to kind of make up for that 
hypothyroidism and cortisol can help us like produce energy. Unfortunately, the cortisol energy is like anxious and wired energy. So um, a lot of times people will go to the doctor and hopefully they'll get their blood work done and hopefully the thyroid condition will be discovered. And at that point, um, you know, they might get put on a thyroid medication and this is what they need to address their hypothyroidism. But rather than feeling really good and this is all we need to do, some people do find themselves going into like a fatigue state where they're like, what happened? I started thyroid hormone and I felt better at first and now I feel worse. This is because um, getting your thyroid balanced can unmask a cortisol issue, especially a cortisol deficiency because cortisol clearance um, gets slowed down when we're hypothyroid and when we get on thyroid meds, it increases. So people um, oftentimes need to support both the adrenals and the thyroid gland when they have a thyroid condition. And on the flip side of that is I've worked with so many people who maybe don't actually have a thyroid condition. So they don't have Hashimoto's. They don't have evidence of antibodies. They don't have like evidence of autoimmunity necessarily. And their thyroid labs look really good, or, or at least the conventional labs really good, like the TSH. Um, but they will have a lot of stress and that stress response and that cortisol fluctuation will drive them to produce more of a thyroid hormone known as reverse T3. Reverse T3 is a thyroid hormone that um, acts as a blocker of thyroid receptors. So it kind of gets in there and it binds them, but it doesn't activate them. And so a person is basically not going to be utilizing their thyroid hormone correctly um, because their receptors will be blocked. And so again, it's like this feedback mechanism where if we have too much stress, then maybe the adrenal glands will help to slow down the thyroid. And I'll see a lot of people and, and some of them might even have slight um, hypothyroidism on their labs when this goes on long enough, where the key to restoring their thyroid function actually lies in addressing their adrenals. So 90% of people with thyroid issues have this issue where they have dysfunctional adrenal function where um, you, but you also don't need to have a thyroid issue to have an adrenal issue, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. You know, uh, when I looked at blood tests, I always saw a lot of low sodium with people with uh, adrenal burnout. And I correlated the low sodium with eventual adrenal depletion. <clears throat> what do you think of the use of table salt or Himalaya salt or Celtic salt for an adrenal deprived person? Absolutely. It's, um, it's going to be the low sodium. And then it, there's also going to be a propensity for people to have um, low cortisol, and then they're going to have low morning blood sugar, and then they're likely to have low blood pressure. They'll go to their doctors and the doctors will say like, your blood sugar looks good. It's so low. Oh, good. And it, and it isn't just because it isn't high doesn't mean it's better if it's low. Exactly. We have optimal ranges, right? Or they'll say your blood pressure is so low. Um, and part of it is we see a lot of people crave salty foods, right? When they're stressed out and utilizing sea salt, um, you can utilize that as part of an adrenal cocktail. You can utilize that as part of a drink um, called soul, where you will make um, take a glass of filtered water and you add some sea salt to that and you sip on that throughout the day to your desire, that can actually be a really powerful way of balancing your adrenals and giving yourself 
a little bit more, um, more energy. This is actually one of my top recommendations to utilize extra sea salt throughout your day. And especially in the morning time where you want that cortisol to be a bit higher. Again, it's, it's kind of a feedback loop system. So we, we want to, um, we want to make sure we're, we're having optimal levels of glucose, not too low, not too high optimal levels of cortisol in the morning. Um, not too low, not too high. And same with our blood pressure and the, the sea salt can help us, um, balance, get more into a balanced blood pressure state as well. Coffee, yay or nay. <laughs> um, so the kind of old school recommendations were to quit caffeine. And I've always done that whenever I tried to heal my adrenals until I was, you know, a new mom of an eight month old son. And I had just started drinking coffee and I was like, oh my gosh, I need coffee to get through my day. And it helps me take care of, of my young child. Like I need this. And so I've sort of realized that coffee is the way that we self-medicate. And yes, in the long term, it can um, be a problem if you drink too much of it for adrenal health. My focus with this program and with um, with the people that I've taken through it, almost um, over 3,500 at this point, is we focus on creating energy in the body before we ask them to do anything about their caffeine intake. I know I've had a lot of angry clients in the past where I was like, quit your coffee, it'll help your adrenals. And they'd quit their coffee and they'd be like, well, I'm still tired and I'm still having trouble with sleep, but now I'm like, I've lost that little sense oh, of joy, right? My gosh. <laughs> um, and so I do focus on caffeine throughout the book, but it's actually an optional thing. So throughout my program, I would say, let's get on a solid three weeks of the program where we fo focus on balancing your blood sugar, eating nutrient dense foods, limiting your inflammatory foods. We're going to re-energize you and help you build more energy in your body. We're going to help you sleep better. And then at that point, if you feel ready to, we can do a 25% um, gradual caffeine reduction where maybe you get to a point where if you've been drinking like four cups of coffee a day to get through your day, maybe you're drinking one cup of coffee and that's where you're happy with being. Um, but you also feel good and you're thriving, right? And some some people do come off of the um, caffeine completely. And again, it's it's always their choice. It's not a requirement for you to quit, quit caffeine. We may shift it a little bit. So like if you depend on it first thing in the morning, maybe shift it a little bit, do all of these balancing things so that your cortisol starts to raise up naturally and maybe move it a little bit earlier in your day. Some people are super sensitive to caffeine intake. Um, I know personally, if I drink caffeine at 2.59 p.m., I can sleep just fine. If I drink it at 3.01, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll be up at night, right? Like till 3 a.m. tossing and turning. And so we want to think about that for sure is like, can we make that caffeine window a little bit smaller if you're having sleep issues or if you're having trouble with morning fatigue? So what does a typical day look like? Take me through a typical day on the adrenal transformation protocol. So generally we would want to wake up um, and right when we get wake up if possible within the first half hour, be able to get exposure to some sunshine. So if we live in a nice warm place like Texas, we can usually just step outside and do that. If we live in a place uh, like beautiful Amsterdam, where I happen to live for a year, then we might need a little bit more help. So you might, rather than going outside, you might utilize like a bright light therapy box to help your, your body get the signal that it's daytime, it's time to be awake and time to produce cortisol. And then we're going to do something that I call the adrenal kickstart drink. 
which is um, really helpful for people that struggle with that morning fatigue, people that wake up in the morning and they're like, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I am, what I'm supposed to do. Like they're kind of cranky and have a hard time getting, um, getting awake in the morning. And that's going to be a half a cup of orange juice, which is rich in vitamin C. And it also helps to support our healthy glucose levels and it's tasty. Then we're going to add um, a bit of protein powder to that to help with balancing the blood sugar because blood sugar balance is super important when you have adrenal issues. Then we're going to add a little bit of fat to that. Um, generally like a quarter of a cup of coconut milk, and that's going to further support blood sugar balance. And then I also like to utilize either sea salt or some electrolytes added into that. And you put that in a blender and you sip on that, you know, when you wake up in the morning. Um, if you're going to be utilizing supplements, you might take some of your morning supplements, some of the more um, energy driving ones like the B vitamins. Typically, we don't want to take those too late in the evening. Um, you might utilize your adaptogens at this point. And then we'll have breakfast. So part of um, helping us sleep well through the nights and feel rested is we focus on eating during daylight hours um, as much as possible. I know some people, they they still wake up in the middle of the night and need to have a snack. And so we kind of give them an option and some ideas for that as well. But ideally we're doing a smoothie in the morning, something that's super easy to digest, but also has protein and fat in it and is nutrient dense to give ourselves um, that safety signal of blood sugar balance and food is widely available. We're not in a famine, thyroid, adrenals. We don't need to slow down the metabolism. And then we follow that up by lunch, which is going to be, you know, healthy protein, healthy fat, nutrient dense, typically um, paleo like diet is what I recommend. And then 3pm, most people do have a 3pm crash. So I'm a big proponent of utilizing either a snack at that point, or something like a maca latte, where you'll have, um, well, you use the adaptogenic herb maca mixed in with some coconut milk. And you have that as your kind of afternoon pick me up. Some people do add some protein powder to that as well. Um, really for people that have that 3 p.m. crash anxiety, this is a really big game changer. Then we have some dinner around 6 p.m., let's say, and that's going to be focused on, again, healthy proteins, healthy fats, lots of um, great vegetables. And then and some people will have a snack before they go to bedtime to help them sleep through the night, or they might have something like a relaxing tea um, to support them throughout that process. And Throughout that day, I mean, this is kind of what, what the nutrition component looks like, but we're also incorporating pleasurable activities throughout the day and really focusing on sending our body safety signals through um, not just that nutrient density, lowered inflammation from the foods we're eating, balanced blood sugar, hydration, but we're also focusing on, you know, positive thought patterns, pleasurable activities, and doing things that really spark joy in our lives. So it seems that everybody should buy your new book. Tell us where it can be found. Um, my new book is um, the Adrenal Transformation Protocol. This is a four-week plan to release stress symptoms and go from surviving to thriving. And this is found on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and wherever fine books are sold. Again, I feel like we all could use help in the department of, of managing our stress response. And figuring out how to put our bodies at ease. I feel like this is so, so common 
I, I do feel like you're the unicorn if you don't have something like this in this modern day and time. I have worked with people with chronic illness for a long time that are super, super sick. And this does really help them. And, um, you know, I've had girlfriends of mine and people reach out to me that don't have necessarily like a diagnosis like Hashimoto's, but they've just been burned out and stressed. And it can help people like that as well, too. We all need this book. We all need this book. <laughs> this is a book that I think we all need. And I want to thank you for being my guest. Will you come back, Dr. Isabella? Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. It's always such a pleasure to connect with you. The pleasure is mine. And I want to say how pleasurable it is to work with so many people and so many of our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Have a pleasurable, non-stressful week of shalom, health, and healing. Shalom of Rachel, my friend. Please don't forget to subscribe and like First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so very much.